We all know the stats can lie sometimes, but going by the numbers, Miami Hurricanes should be a lot better than they've looked the past couple of weeks. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So what I'm talking about with, you know, why, uh, you know, the numbers tell a different story from last year, for example. I know a lot of people are like, Dono, this team's not any better. Look at this. This is Josh Gaddis Jr. calling the plays. Excellent piece by Matt Shodell at Kane Sport, uh, who writes, hey, the 2023 Miami Hurricanes ranked number seven in the nation in total offense, number 13 in scoring defense, number 18 in total defense, number 25 in scoring defense. A year ago, those numbers were number 85 in total offense, 96th in scoring offense, 64th in total defense, and 66th in scoring defense. Now, we all know, and I know the truth teller knows this, as we bring in our very good friend, Bruce Warner. Bruce, uh, the big difference these last couple of games has been the turnovers, right? Nine turnovers in these past two games, five interceptions thrown by your starting quarterback in these past two games. No matter how good your total offense and your scoring defense and your rushing Mm -hmm. defense up until Saturday was, a lot of that can get undone by turnovers. Well, you have to factor in, get rid of the turnovers and a coaching mistake last oh. week, and that cost us the entire game. That's a that's an L that should have been a W, but we're past that. So, you know what? I, I reflect back on all the shows we've done, and I have a list of things here that I think – It's been about seven months we've been doing these Truth Teller Tuesdays, by the way. Okay, so I've made a list of things, and I'm not looking at the individual games and the stats like you are. I'm looking about at the things we spoke about and we brought to the listeners and the viewers, and I kind of got – when I said 5-0 and and then I said 6-0, and I looked at what I had written down, and I realized why we're 4-2, and and I realized what I think could happen in the future – you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be perceived as Mr. Negative because I hear that a lot. Mr. Negative doesn't say we're six and zero, oh, but that's what I say. <laughs> that's right. So, you did say that. <laughs> so here's what I started with, and you can okay. correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. One, we spoke about both the offense and defense had not played any downs together at all going into the season, and I called Leon, and Leon came on, and he spoke about the offensive line having to gel as a unit. Right. I called Jesse Armstead. Jesse came on the show and said the same thing about the defense. So then now my second point is we are playing more true freshmen than any team in the country. That's right. We are very young. It's ridiculously young. And we need to get more experience. We don't have it. They're gaining experience now because all 20 something true freshmen are playing, but they're not. They're not mentally or physically ready. We are still way too young with all those guys that are playing that probably would be on the bench for most teams. We have a dozen defensive backs. None of them, including Williams and Kitchen, are that great. None of them. You tell me who's so great out of that group of a dozen. 
I would I, 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 can't, I can't let you get away with that with Kenshin's. Like, he's he's not been as good the last couple of weeks. There's no question. But I still – I give Cam the benefit of the doubt. I think James has played a lot better this year. But I will at say – But times. the last the, the last couple of games, I think that they're – we've kind of seen a lack of communication in the, in the defensive backfield that we saw a lot of that last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know – Tez Walker, who burned us several times last week, is a terrible matchup for anybody. So I'm not going to give Jaden. Where Davis. was the safety help? That's please. that's the thing. That's where the was Jaden yes. Davis's safety yes. help? Thank you, because a lot of people are just putting are hanging Jaden Davis out to dry, and I'm like, okay, how many corners can go up against that dude one on one? That's one of the best receivers in the country. He needed right. help. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times, both of those guys are in the wrong place at the wrong time, which was. Yeah. Which was my final sentence on that. Okay, let's get to the other person, Leonard Taylor. I got ripped for making comments about him. What has he done? Did you see the stats? He played less downs this game than Bain and Harrison Hunt. Why? Well, and, how, how, and how about this? Because I, I was I looked up the snap counts uh, to your point. Leonard Taylor literally played half the number of snaps. That's as what Ruben I just said. Yeah, but literally half, half the number. Right. Half the snaps of Ruben. Ruben Bain plays seventy-two snaps. And by the way. Ruben Bain might be Miami's best defensive lineman right now, which is awesome for him. I don't know if that's a great thing for the team, though, when your best D lineman is a true freshman. But Ruben Bain is incredible. He plays 72 snaps. Leonard Taylor only plays 36. But here's the crazy thing about Taylor, Bruce. There's got to be some kind of a conditioning issue there for him because technically, if you go by the pro football focus numbers, he was Miami's third right, most yeah, productive. Yeah. He was the third most productive defensive player uh, on the field. He just didn't play a lot, and that that's the story for him every game. It's like his stats are productive, but he's playing half the snaps of a lot of the other guys on the line. I don't know about his snaps being productive. I don't know about that. Uh, we just don't have the right – can you imagine Bain in Leonard Taylor's body? Wow. Could you imagine? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. But he's short. Um, we caught a bad break. Last year, we don't have Citizen at all. He hasn't played yet in the 18 games. Yeah, He hasn't played it down. And then this year, I don't know what's happening with Flesher. A head injury, a leg injury. He's not playing that yeah. much. So other than Johnson, we have no running back that could take it to the house. There's no threat of any of our backs getting out in the open field and taking it all the way. That's an issue. And that's another reason why um, – Opposing teams, I'm putting it in here, mm-hmm. starting with Tech, are playing two deep safeties. They're taking away the long pass, and they're daring us to beat them underneath. Now, that's not a bad thing if you have a tight end who could get underneath like, like Mallory did. He was constantly yeah. catching balls and getting six, eight, ten yards a shot. We don't have that. Now, Arroyo's playing this week. Yeah. And you know, you know, what's funny, but by the way, I want to, I want to apologize to my listeners because I did a bad job observing uh, Saturday's game. Elijah Arroyo played six snaps. I didn't even know, like he didn't get targeted. Uh, I I guess the TV announcers didn't notice he was on the field because I didn't realize Arroyo even got in last week, but Cristobal, Cristobal did say he should be able to play a lot more this week. Right. So that explains why Restrepo is open, because he's underneath, he's finding seams, he's finding holes if they're playing zone. But the other guys are having a hard time. And, yeah. and you know, George made some nice catches. I don't know what's wrong with, with Colby Young, two catches for 20 yards. 
a few drops this year. But again, you still have to go deep. You have you have to do something to open this up. So I think Arroyo is going to help. Mm-hmm. But if that's not going to work, he threw one screen last week. He threw it to Parrish. He threw it over his head. Yeah. And they never did it again. Yeah. And I still think if they should put Johnson back there a couple of times and get him in the flat. You don't have to run him. Get him in the flat. Do something where he could go one-on-one. He could take it to the house. So I'm starting to feel a little less confident in Dawson because he looks spectacular against um, Texas A&M. So that's the, that's and then Bashard Smith, he's got to get more touches. Agreed, a thousand percent. He's, he's earning it. Touches. Every touch this guy gets, something good is happening, Bruce. Like, he's he's got to give him more chances. All right, now TVD is just a hot and cold quarterback. Yeah, and that's what we got. And so I, I don't think we're going to see much of Jacuri Brown this year. He may play some because he has to get ready to compete next year. Emory Williams will play more now. He's played in a few of the games. But and here's this is what leads me to this. After what I've seen the last few weeks, I'm not so sold on Judd Anderson, a six foot seven quarterback who probably isn't what we need. We need a guy who can run mm-hmm. and pass. Mm-hmm. We need a more mobile dual threat quarterback. I never really was into that that much, but I see it now. Yeah. So the kid from the kid from North Carolina, he's really good, Drake May, and he could yeah. take it and take off. Yep. And so I don't see a Judd Anderson at six seven being able to do any of that stuff. So I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned mm-hmm. about not getting the DTs we really need. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure of most people's opinions on this, but I've never been a fan of substituting constantly on the defensive line. No, um, but the, this is not like you have you have Cortez and Russell and Caesar. You know, you don't have that. So yeah. we have they're to. Just, they're trying to keep fresh legs, is what yeah, they're. I'd doing. like to see yeah. more of Moten. Yeah, you see Thanks. him on the sideline. He's massive. He's got the sides, no question. Yeah, he I don't know what sides. condition he's in yeah. either. Yeah. Um, here's the good part: the punter and the place oh, kicker. Hold, hold, hold are damn on, good. I, I want to, and, that, and that's the good. I I don't know how much more you have because I want to take a quick. One more. Uh, that's it. Okay. Well, good because we're we're going to get to that on the other side. We also have some awesome questions and comments from our Locked On Twins insiders I want to go through with Bruce. And Bruce has got his fastball today. I I love what you're saying. Even though he tried to slander my guy Cam Kinchins, I had to look out for him. But otherwise, otherwise, I love what Bruce is saying. (laughs) You've got your fastball today. We are only getting started, my friends. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. I hope you're keeping it locked to LinkedIn Jobs because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. People will see it. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes. Regular regular opera singer, huh? (laughs) I try. I am classically trained. I'm uh, I'm a little out of practice, but I am classically trained. Sounds good. Oh, man. Alex Dono and the truth teller, Bruce Warner, with you here on Locked On Canes. And guys, make sure Friday, every Friday, you listen and watch Locked On Locked on college football kickoff live. I'm part of that show with Drake Toll and Kenton Gibbs. We get you ready for all the big games on Saturday, storylines, Heisman race. Uh, I'm sure they're going to rip me for Miami losing again. Uh, It's going to be a good one this Friday, 11 a.m. to noon, streaming live on this YouTube channel and on all the YouTube channels of the Locked on College pages. So check that out, Locked on College football kickoff live. All right, so Bruce, uh, you were starting to get into positives there. Kicker and the punter have been awesome. Anything no, else? That's, that's my positive. Oh, look, we're four and two. That's okay. We have six games left. We're halfway done, but none of those six games are going to be easy. No, 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 yeah. Maybe I don't even. You can't say Virginia's easy. You can't say Boston College. It could be freezing up there. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. I'm not. The predictions. Here's the thing, though, and it's. I didn't look at your screen, but now I did. Notice I didn't mention Mario, uh-huh. and. The jury is still out on him. And there's a yeah. lot of people screaming and yelling about, well, you can't, he's not getting fired. So that's just ridiculous. No, of course not. Yeah. But uh, the jury, he came here with the uh, with having some sort of, uh, well, he's not that great great of a game day coach. And here we are. We all know what happened against Georgia Tech. Um, <laughs> but when I look at this whole thing overall, all the things I just said, then you factor in when he got here, he had to gut the team and gut the coaching staff, especially after last year. Yeah. So you have a lot of new players, all new coaches. So who in the right mind with, I don't care if it's Vince Lombardi, how do you take that with all these kids that they have and turn it into a 10-win team? Right. I, I guess when I said 8 or 9 or 10, I'm just thinking, okay, he's going to turn this around. And, yeah, we could be 6-0. and We really could be 6-0. We could be, yeah. Should have been no worse than 5-1, and which is still damn good. Right, because so, I, I thought I thought that Shannon Dawson made a really interesting analogy on Monday when he was talking about just like how catastrophic Miami's mistakes have been. And that's yes. listen, it's not an excuse, it's just reality. Like this team has shot themselves in the foot. You know, you're you're playing golf, and you know, Dawson drew the comparison to like, hey, if you hit a bad shot in golf, maybe you're just kind of right on the edge in the rough, or maybe you hit it way into the forest, right? Where Miami's mistakes, they're hitting it like way yes. into the woods. That's it, the it, timing it, of it is hard. Right. Right. Not you to mention be, that we, I think that the refs do have something against us. I don't know why. Yeah. I can't prove it. But I just think... They, they were fine. The, the refs were fine in the North Carolina game. Yeah, in fact, okay. a, lot of, a lot of UNC fans thought they were the ones who were hard done. But in the Georgia Tech game, it was an absolute catastrophe. Like, they should have done better for Miami in the Georgia Tech game. Yeah, but there's just too many flags in the last couple of weeks. Every yeah. other play is yeah. a flag. It's yeah. You know, and that ball got tipped. The whole nation saw it, and they called the pass interference oh. until they, they corrected it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I did not see that. Yeah. yeah. So – all right. What else is up? What do you I, want was just th- I was just thankful uh, that they corrected. So I want to read some uh, some comments and questions okay. from some of our Locked On Canes insiders. And by the way, you can click the link in the show description below if you want to try it free for 14 days to be a Locked On Canes insider. We get this one from that dude two three nine who says, "Hey, do you think it's time for Shannon Dawson to unleash the Lamborghini and the Porsche?" He's talking about the Tyler Harrell and Brashard Smith. I believe adding them to the offensive scheme can really open things up. Uh, yeah, I mean, we Bruce, we've already said it about Brashard Smith. Tyler Harrell's been getting on the field a little bit. He, yeah, he has some bit. trouble catching footballs, but we know how dangerous his speed is. 
All right, so with the two deep safeties, if you're going to use him and Brashard, you get them the ball in space. Yes. And let them run. Yeah. You don't right. have to throw bombs. Yeah, you don't have to throw it 60 yards right. downfield. And, and, that's, that, right? and that's why I'm starting to get a little nervous about yeah. Dawson because I, I think, especially Brashard, who catches the ball, yeah. he needs to get more touches. He just does. But again, I think a lot of things could change this week because we all know that whenever Van Dyke gets in trouble. He's looking for number seven. And they're starting to get, get around him, too. So Arroyo in this game could be a big factor as someone who's a target and someone who, if he gets in trouble, he could dump it off and get the ball to him. But throwing balls down the field and getting picked, just not good. It's and, not good. And, and by the know? way, so, so, something on uh, on Van Dyke, um, he's – He's a tough, Bert. tough guy because he's been playing through a lot, Bruce. He's been yep. playing through damaged ligaments in his throwing hand, and then you know it was it was brought up yesterday. Um, so you know one of the one of the Miami Herald reporters, I guess, saw him on campus with his leg wrapped up, and so they were asking Mario about that. Van Dyke is going to play. I mean, he's oh, he's yeah. dealing with he's dealing with a lot of aches and pains and nagging injuries. I mean, he he was getting hit hard. Last week against North Carolina, he's going to play. And I, I had somebody yesterday, a couple people, Bruce, were asking me yesterday if, like, if, if it's time to, to let Emory Williams play. And I'm like, this team is four and two. Like, they still, like, you, you, you're not going to put in a true, like, that's the type of decision you make when you're one and five, not when you're four and two. Like, let's yeah, not get I, crazy here. He, I like him, though. And I do want to see, I hope they burn his red shirt because I think he may have to, he's going to probably be the quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, Corey's got a lot yeah. of work to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not upset. I mean, I'm a little upset about the Georgia Tech game, obviously, because that had nothing to do with anybody but those coaches. Um, this week, Clemson, two weeks to get ready for us. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. A game at home, coming off this loss. Um, you wrote, "Is Cristobal still have his team on track for what? I don't know." But they played hard. They did play hard. Exactly. They didn't quit. Right, right. He's finding the players that he needs. But, you know, there's there's just a lot of screw-ups in these games. Uh, the tackling is better than it was last year, but we still don't have the D-tackles. We don't. Now, I don't know what happens with Leonard Taylor if he comes back next year. I hope so. I don't see how yep. he could possibly get a first-round grade. It's impossible, you know. Um I'll be in this. I'll be in the players' suite this week with all my friends, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to hear a lot of stuff. Uh, but um, I don't think Clemson's so great either. They're not that great. They lost two games. They lost to Florida State and Duke yeah. beat the crap out of them. Well, they're, so, they're they're a lot they're a lot different than North Carolina, who can yes. you know who can beat you on the perimeter with dynamic wide receivers and a dynamic quarterback. Uh, they're a really good running team with Shipley and Maffa. Yep. Uh, they're a better defensive team than Carolina. They're their top 10 rushing defense, top five overall defense. So it's going to be a much different game. Like they're probably not going to be, they don't have a Tez Walker and, you know, and a, a Drake May who's just going to burn you on the perimeter. But it's, it's a dangerous game. And Bruce, I'll tell you on the other side why I put that question about Cristobal in the rundown here. Because okay. uh, we, we got a comment on one of our listeners from that that I want to get to. Oh, I've so seen you, a million comments. Yes. Oof. Well, yeah. The comment that I, I'm going to read is like okay. one of the thousands of comments we have been <laughs> getting. So, folks, you want to keep it locked right here. It's a Truth Teller Tuesday on Locked on Canes. My goodness, I've been having so much fun, not only this season. Guys, I have been playing on prize picks 
since 2020. Prize picks is the most fun I've ever had winning 25 times my money this football season. You simply select two, three, four, five players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. You can win real money. I'm telling you, prize picks is an absolute game changer. Testing my skills on prize picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Guys, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I love this, guys. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return to the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Because how many times have we complained, well, injuries killed me this week in fantasy, not at Prize Picks? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. All right, so Truth Teller, here is uh, this is kind of a summary of what people have been saying about Mario. Our guy Jake wrote this to me on our Locked on Canes Insiders chat. He says, I've been seeing a lot of Twitter or X people spewing out their opinions saying Mario Cristobal has lost the team. I still think this team has a chance to win eight-plus games. I wanted to know your thoughts, and if you think Mario still has his team's trust do you think the Canes will continue to play or give up? Uh, so you talked about it, Bruce. These guys are still playing hard. I do not think Mario has lost the team. I just think that Miami fans have been scarred by so many bad coaches over the years mm -hmm. and by, you know, so many, so many decisions made by the administration where it's like we're firing coaches every three years, every four years, that I just think there's this knee-jerk reaction where if a team starts to lose games, it's the muscle memory that Hurricanes fans have coach must have lost the team because we've seen it happen before I don't think that's what's happening right now I mean it, I guess it's easy to just blame Mario when you're out there turning it over nine times in the last two games we've got to put some of that on the players too don't we yeah well I but when I came on the air and gave you those 10 points that's the answer that's the answer yeah. I'm going to give you yeah if you combine all that stuff that's why they're where they're at they're inconsistent yeah they're they don't have the depth they really don't have the defensive linemen, the defensive tackles that can dominate a game. You know, the defensive backs, I said, there's 12 of them. Who's the best ones? Who's the lockdown corners? They've been switching guys and switching guys. They're experimenting while the season is going on. Yeah. The linebackers, you know, they're okay. Um, but, you know, and then the offense, the teams have adjusted to what we've been doing. They're playing too deep. They're daring this kid to throw the ball. And sadly, he's throwing at the double coverage. He's locked on for the most part to his receivers. So that hasn't improved, but he needs to have the ability to check it down, which I see a lot of times guys in the flat standing there and he's not turning and just firing it to the side like, like the kid from Duke, like Riley does and like Drake May does, uh, like like um, like uh, Travis Jordan Travis. He's, mm -hmm. he's spectacular. Now, I'm not saying yeah. he's an NFL superstar, but what he does and what he's capable of doing he breaks your heart when you, you, know, you think you got a good coverage, he's in trouble, he gets out of it and he dumps it off. So that's what we don't have. And when you, so I don't think he's lost the team at all. No. Not in the least. They no. just, there was a screw up by him. And then last week they played against a really good team. 
They scored 31 points, but all those turnovers and the penalties yeah. were killing us. And it killed the defense because, listen, yes, the defense started to get literally run over by yeah. Amari and Hampton. Um, but the problem was, to me, and yes, is that an indictment on your defense? Sure. Maybe the conditioning needs to be better. But you know, North Carolina has this 220-pound running back, and all of a sudden they're they're running at tempo, and our defense is stuck on the field because every time the offense has the football, they're fumbling or committing an interception. Yeah, right. And so the, the defense got worn down. And listen, part of that is on them. But a big part of it is on the offense, complimentary football. You've got to give your defense a breather, and they weren't doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they they have these lulls in all these games. Yeah. They had the lows against AM. They scored 48 points, but they still had all these lows. They had to turn the block punt and the, and, and the fumble. Um, it's not I, – I look at this now as an experiment and a beginning of, to build a foundation – so right. he's got a lot of young kids who are playing. So, yeah, we think, oh, they're four and five stars. They're superstars. They're kids. Yeah, right. They're right. kids. Right, right, right. And so they make mistakes. Um, they're learning. He's weeding out, again, who he wants and who he doesn't want for next season. Um, but I am worried that we didn't get any of those D tackles. I know. That scares the hell out of me. Well, we'll see. We got we got another one uh, making a decision this weekend. Uh, I, I – uh, uh, LJ McRae, who's now yeah. a five-star, although I got to tell you, man, hopefully we can turn this around by Saturday. The feedback I've been getting as of Tuesday, not not the greatest for Miami. Hurricanes oh. are a hat on the table. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of smoke for uh, for Florida yep. uh, or Georgia, not so much for Miami. So we'll yeah, have to they've got to pick it up. I don't know who else yeah. they can get, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this this week's game, of course we have a shot to beat Clemson. They're yeah. not that good. But they didn't get it. They, they were scoreless for a while last week, Miami. It was back and forth. And back. Yeah. They've got to come out hot. They've got to figure it out. And he's got two games now where the safeties are deep. If they see the same thing, they better come up with a, a, a plan where they can attack that. They don't have to get a touchdown in 18 seconds. Drive down the field methodically and score. And that will get your, your DBs up, the safeties up. But you got to throw deep, but you can't throw into double coverage. And I, Amen. I, there was one or two plays last week where the announcer said, "Boy, he got away with. You got lucky. He didn't get picked off." And just get rid of the damn ball or dump it off to the flat. That's why those guys are there. Yeah, so, there, there were there were opportunities on some checkdowns that he didn't get. And and it's like Shannon Dawson actually. This surprised some people. He said uh, on Monday that he thought outside of the mistakes that yeah, Tyler it, Van Dyke it, was playing his best game, but that the, you know, obviously the mistakes derailed that, right. but Dawson did say that he did, uh, he did miss some check down opportunities that that was one thing. My so final was, thought, yeah, go my ahead. My final thought would be on, and I don't want to rip this kid. I like him. I like his guts, but I don't see leadership skills in Tyler Van Dyke. He sits on the bench by himself with his head down. He comes off the field. I don't see anybody. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, a couple of guys they should rally around him. He needs to start picking up these kids. He's mm -hmm. he needs to do it. Go up and down the offensive line. Let's go. Come on. You know, right. He needs to show some fire. It seems like it's all about him to himself. And I don't like that. 
I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I, I he think needs that, some I, help from the coaches. He needs to, but he needs to start working on dumping the ball off. They yeah. need to start working on screens. They need to stop running the damn ball up the middle. They go to the outside and they gain yardage. That's yeah, why Johnson right. should be in the game. If for right. nothing else, him and Richard in the backfield together, could you imagine? I'm not saying they're going to get the ball all the time, but the speed and the respect they have to have for those guys. You know, Parrish is okay. He's okay. He's a hard runner. Yeah, Cheney, he's okay, but he's not a. There's no threat. And with we Fletcher, miss Fletcher. Out, we miss Fletcher too, and it's probably yeah. going to be a couple more weeks for him. Um, oh, what's wrong with him? Uh, it's something with his leg. Uh, like I saw um, before the uh, the Georgia Tech game, I saw he was obviously not you know not wearing pads, and he had he had a boot on. And uh, and Cristobal, I think, said yesterday it's going to be probably probably a couple more weeks for him that he's working his well, way he back. Might as well not play anymore. The last thing you need is to re-injure these things. Right, right. Right? That's fair. Well, awesome stuff here. Truth Teller, you did a great job, sir. Bruce Warner, bringing it strong today. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you listen to the audio version of Locked on Canes, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods. If you're watching the video version, make sure to hit that like button, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.